Hello, hello, and welcome to the Embody Your Soul podcast. I am your host, the modern medium, Alexandra Shelley, and I am so excited to be here. The mission of this podcast is to discuss, discover, expand, and really dive into how we can tap into our divine self, embody our soul through spiritual connection and best practices. If you are new here, I am so excited you have found me. Just come on in. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm such a nerd, but also I'm not sorry. And if you are a regular listener, I cannot tell you how grateful I am. I am so unbelievably overjoyed to have such a beautiful community of like-minded souls, of souls that are looking to grow, souls that are just so eager to learn. It just means the world to me that I'm able to show up in this way. If you haven't already, make sure to follow this podcast wherever you love to listen. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you leave a review, make sure to screenshot, DM me at the Modern Medium underscore on Instagram, and you will win a 20-minute reading for free. Of course, make sure to follow me and stay up to date on my Instagram as well and my TikTok, which is the same username and I am just really excited to be here and I am so freaking excited to dive into this guest, you guys. I am really, really obsessed with her and awe of her, but also I really, really deeply admire her, not only as a light worker and a healer, but just as a professional, as a leader, what she's doing with the industry, the work she's doing. She's so unique. She's so fantastic. She's also absolutely goddamn brilliant and I could talk to her forever. So this guest's name is Rachel White and she is known as the skeptical shaman and she is the founder of Totem Readings. So pretty much her deal is she is here for the spiritually homeless and that means she doesn't require you to come from a particular background She doesn't require you to be a particular person, a particular anything. She's just so open and here and ready to just heal and serve whoever you are, whatever stage you're at. And what is so cool about Rachel is she blends this real world pragmatism, her sense of humor, and these beautiful ancient tools and techniques into her practice as a trained shaman, medium, energy practitioner, self-published author, and flower essence maker. And What's pretty awesome is getting back into the skepticism and the spiritually homeless. To simply put it, she's here for the spiritually curious but really non-committal for the people who are looking for a more profound sense of meaning and healing without feeling like they have to join a cult. And as you see, when we get into the podcast and the episode, we do get into talking about cults and she totally nerds out about them and it's just so much fun. And a client once wrote on Yelp review, Rachel White is the Amy Schumer of shamanic practitioners, which I'm kind of dead. And once I talked to her, it absolutely made sense. And Rachel is just so equal parts blunt and she is so spiritually unique and she really breaks every preconceived notion of the traditional image of what it means to live a spiritual life. So what's really cool about her background is she spent two decades in really high-level corporate roles, and she was literally the head of innovation for a global, publicly traded real estate firm, like the last job she held, and she was building Totem off to the side. And because of this, Totem helps clients really focus on tangible ROIs and actionable insights through the lens of shamanism, tarot, and spirituality. And her recent most published deck is the Totem Tarot deck. And it's truly her pure expression of her lifelong love and craft for tarot and spirituality. So she's just absolutely amazing and I am so obsessed with her again as you can see she is just whip smart and she knows her shit and I just love her personality I love her values and 
I learned so much from just simply talking to her, being in her energy, and I'm excited to have her in my network. I'm honestly honored to have her in my network as another light worker in this circle. I can't wait to pick her brain more. I can't wait to learn from her more, and I can't wait to have more conversations with her. So in this episode, we talk about really the beauty of skepticism, what it really means, because that word has had kind of a bad rap. We also talk about how important skepticism is in spirituality and searching for a sense of meaning and purpose when it comes to living a quote-unquote spiritual life and really her take on it and her practices, how she approaches it, and really these beautiful, tangible steps on how to create an amazing life alongside spirit. I swear, after this conversation, my brain grew five sizes. She's so intelligent, and I could talk to her for hours. As you can tell, I definitely could not stop asking questions, and Yes, I did prepare for this conversation and learned about Rachel, but she was just the most incredible guest because she was so fascinating. I was just inspired every single time she answered a question and just every single time she opened her mouth. So I'm sure you will be just as head over heels obsessed as I am with her. Also, I realize that I say I'm obsessed with everyone that I have on this podcast, but that's kind of the yardstick, and that's kind of what happens, hopefully. I'm sure there are weirdos out there, which I'm weird, but you know what? I would say my guides are pretty freaking good at bringing in some good peeps, so thanks, you guys. Anyways, I am really excited to get into this conversation. Also... There is a point, I will say, where I totally brain farted and I was so embarrassed. And of course, Rachel's just cool as hell and she like pulls a card for me. We just talk through it and then we talk into more beautiful things about spiritual practices and she's just the best, you guys. And again, I really cannot wait for you to just get to know Rachel, learn more about her and just sit down with us. So I'm going to shut my mouth and let's just get right into it. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm really excited to get to know you more. I think you're just such a badass. And I also love shamanism. I love the work you do. I'm excited to get to know you more. So thank you. Thank you. And you too. And I feel like this is like a big deal for me because I've been quietly stalking you on social media. Yeah, I've been peering at you from around corners and, you know, following you home, if you will. And I've been enjoying it. I really like your book club. I love books. I love reading. I think books have energy. And so this is, I, I'm thrilled to be here. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. Wow. I'm like, what me? Okay. So since this is the Embody Your Soul podcast, I love starting it out with asking, what does it mean to embody your soul? Uh, for me, it's it's weird. It's sort of a hardcore answer. And it's funny because- <laughs> I went so far to come full circle. You know, I was in Catholic school my whole childhood, and then I eschewed all of that, and I joked that I was a good little atheist for a while. And it's it's funny because for me to embody my soul, I don't let myself get away with little things. That's not saying I'm perfect. I'm sure there are plenty of things in my blind spot I'm not seeing yet, and there's always work to be done. But I literally act as though invisible things see me, and they know my thoughts, and I kind of hold myself accountable. So I don't do things when no one's watching because I think people are watching, right? Angels, spirit guides, whatever. So for me to embody it, it's like, it's a zero bullshit zone. Every day I try and cut out a little bit more of my own BS or maybe things that I'm not saying directly because I don't want to offend or you know anything that feels a little fake. I try and cleave that off, weed the garden every day. Mm. I honestly love that you said that because it's so true. And I look back and, you know, I'm obviously like you've gone through this too. And anyone is like, I'm going to give it one more try. Or are you sure? And it's like, you absolutely just get nailed. Yeah. And now it's like, I get a ping and I'm like, I'm not even questioning it. I'm going to follow it Mm -hmm. because I would rather have a feather than a two by four. Like I, yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And 
your story and your background is super unique and really cool. So honestly, I would love for you to dive into that for those who don't sure. know about you. Well, yeah. So I was a good little atheist, as I joke. I was really smug about it, too, mm -hmm. because I was like, yeah, no, this explains everything and evolutionary biology and yada, yada. We're just these meat puppets. When we die, we, we go nowhere, right? I was, believe it or not, very comfortable with that neat little box, and then I had an experience that totally reframed everything for me. And I had promised myself back in the day, I was never going to be dogmatic. And if new data came in, I was going to give myself permission to change my mind. And I had to do that. And I had to start researching and, and get into the spiritual and energetic space because it was affecting me and I had evidence of its existence. And so, you know, started out as a psychic kid, grew up, threw all that away, locked that up, went to work in corporate outsourcing, you know, the corporate of all corporate things, and then came full circle back to a lot of the things that I did as a child, things I connected to as a child. And so it's, it's funny now, you know, I go to dinner parties or I'm out to events and people go, Oh, what do you do? And I'm, I'm still getting over there. Like I'm a shaman, you know, the, it's not shame. Cause I'm not ashamed of it, but I just know what's going to happen. And the, you know, it's a whole extra layer of conversation instead of just having a quick, like, Oh, I'm a marketing associate. People go, yeah. oh, okay. And you're sort of left alone. So it's an ongoing process. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I guess I want to hear more about kind of being in that corporate environment or like mm. even honestly, I mean, gosh, there's so many. I didn't grow up in like the really strict religious Catholic environment, but it's crazy how many of us have grown up with that. It's insane. And so I'd love to hear about the shift of when you were in this, you know, you were killing it in corporate America. And then you're like, I, this is a no, <laughs> this is not for me. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I want to be a little more careful with my language because I speak about corporate and generalities and a friend of mine, I was on her podcast, Dana Frost, her husband's in corporate and he's, what he's doing is different and it's additive and it's, it's bringing value. But what, what struck me in corporate is just, there's no there there, you know, and I started really young and I got to sit in a lot of meetings and there's that weird myth of, oh, there's adults, there's smart people, and they're going to come in the room, they're going to solve things. And that got destroyed somewhat early for me. So when I was working in corporate, I was building totem on the side. So I was seeing clients throughout, you know, most of the last decade, in addition to working full time. And it's funny, because if people at work, and it's a very, very conservative industry learned about what I did, they would, you know, in well intentioned, give me advice, like, don't tell people you do that. Don't tell people you're a shaman. You'll get fired. You'll be the first on the chopping block. I know it's hysterical. Yeah. But the other piece of it is I would have them say, well, that's so weird. Like, how do you bridge that? And I go, well, this, the corporate stuff felt very fake to me. There were all these people that just pushed papers around on the desk, literally and metaphorically. There were very few people who dug in and did a real thing. You'd go to meetings, people would say words and you'd ask a question and you quickly learn no one knew what they were talking about. They were using big words and complex analogies because they themselves didn't understand what was happening. And meanwhile, I'm seeing clients shamanically on the weekends and those are real conversations, real things are happening, real human scaled stuff. And it was like the quote, real job was fake and the silly fake job, quote unquote, of reading tarot cards was real. And so I got to experience that paradox and feel what gave something back to me versus what what didn't. And frankly, once you start having these conversations and doing this work, small talk gets really hard. Small ball gets even harder. You know, going into an office and, and really caring about an edit on a semicolon of a one pager, I just didn't have it in me anymore. Yeah. No, I'd rather I'm... talk about God and panspermia and DMT. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm so right there with you. And not that I like needed the validation, but it like validated how I felt like you saw my post today. Like I was in a job that I thought I wanted made really good money. And I was just like, I was three weeks into it. And I'm like, I literally can't do this. Like yeah. I, I just remember being on a zoom call with like whatever the team and there was this girl with the headset on in like the most boring clothes in like a gray cubicle. I'm like, I can't do this. Like yeah. I'm going to die. Like I can't even. And by the way, it is a death. 
it may not like I had a couple of minor strokes and I had all kinds of health issues, even though I was physically healthy, I was running, I was doing yoga, I was yeah. riding a bike, all of that. But aside from that, it is an existential death. And you have to start making these choices, which is why when you said embodying your your soul, right? Every day I go, why am I doing this? Why am I living? What's the point of my life? And getting back to that. And so many people got so far afield of that and who they are. I'm not sure they're coming back. Yeah. It's it's kind of terrifying. And there are people in corporate who are awake, who are engaged. There's I have friends there, you know, so I again, not suggesting it's everyone, but when I learned that the Latin root of the word corporation was corpse, it clicked for me. Like, oh yeah, a corporation is not, it's not alive. It's not a living being and it's not supposed to be. And then the zombie analogy came immediately where it's like this thing that sort of cannibalizes, but isn't alive, isn't generating, isn't contributing. It's just feeding itself. Mm. Incredible. I know. And it's one of those words where like, I should have noticed that like 10 years ago and I didn't. <laughs> It's right in front of your face. Oh my God. The corpsing just ruined me. Oh my God. Okay. So I really want to get into how did you get into shamanism? Because I just, I love shamanism. Yeah. Well, I was getting divorced early. I had a brief, what they jokingly called at work, my starter marriage, which was pretty funny. It's true, by the way, too. I was only married for six months. It just was not a good fit. And I wanted to take accountability for that and fix that. And it, you know, wasn't going great as divorces seldom do. They're not the happiest of times. So a friend of mine, because, you know, I was reading tarot cards and doing weird stuff, said, hey, I have a friend. He's a shaman. You should go up on the north side of Chicago, go see him. And I did. And I had an incredible series of experiences there where I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm psychic. Like when I was a kid, mm. th that's what this was. And he would help me connect dots and the minute I got a taste of it, I wanted more because number one, it worked. So anything that works, I'm like, that that just worked. I'm going to do that. This is working. Whether it's placebo or not, it doesn't matter. And so I started just diving in. I got every certification, every training, went to every workshop, some good, some bad, some good mm -hmm. teachers, some bad, and just dove in. And then a, a few years into that, just decided the best way for me to learn now, because I consumed every book I could, and, and I'm, I'm kind of a content addict, which is why I love your book stuff. I need constant content. Yes. I said, you know, maybe the best way to learn is to start to do. And so I started taking clients, but just for tarot readings initially, because it was tarot I had read since I think I was about eight or nine years old. Um, yeah, and my first tarot deck was an Aleister Crowley deck, which is hilarious because he was like an open devil worshiper. Like, it's so intense. Uh, I know. I didn't really have parents parenting. But yeah, and, and just dug into it and really, I always got excited about my weekend. It, it was my time as well as the client's time. And I think it's really important for anyone who wants to do this work. You have to enjoy it. You really have to enjoy it in and of itself or you're going to get burned out. Because people are messy. They come to you when they're in pain a lot. Mm -hmm. And thank God that you just love the modality. You love the tarot deck. You love being able to do that and mm -hmm. democratize someone's data. Give it back to them. Yep. Yep. Oh, I love that. And then, of course, I really want to dig into because you are known as the skeptic shaman. So please yeah. get into that. Yeah, I'm bizarrely skeptical. So everything, <laughs> everything that I recommend or I, I use or make for that matter, I was reluctant in the beginning. So like flower essences, which I make, I hand make them, by the way, that's, I spend a good portion of every day doing that right now. I thought they were kind of bullshit, you know, mm -hmm. and then a friend of mine gave me Bach Rescue Remedy, which is sort of the entry level 101 flower essence. And I was like, what the hell? I have nothing to lose. I'm going to take it. By about week two, I was seeing the auras of plants and trees in downtown Chicago. And so, again, in keeping with skepticism, I stopped taking it. And I waited for that to ebb away. And it went away. And then I started taking it again. I kept a journal of, like, when does it start to work? When does it start to move the needle? And was able to kind of, at least anecdotally, prove to myself, this is doing something. And same thing with crystals. You know, I just, when someone, when I first started all this, they're like, oh yeah, here's a crystal. And all I could think about was Spencer Pratt from the Hills. Remember when he yes. had the crystals all over him and his friend Charlie was like 
dude, you're crazy. Like he was covered in seagull feathers and crystals and melting down about his sister or something. And, but once again, you know, they work. And what, what really drove it home for me was learning that the processor inside of our computer's hard drive is made with quartz crystal. Silicon Valley is named after silica crystals, which store, amplify, transmit data and information. It's in our iPhones. It's everywhere. So why wouldn't it work for the human biocomputer as well? Of course it does. Mm. Yeah. So there's, there's real stuff to all of this. Mm. I love that so much. And I also love how the way you approach it, because of course, like we come across skeptics every single day about our work, but I love the way that you come across it is like this really fun experiment. Like it doesn't have to be this hardcore thing. It could actually be, okay, wait, that's interesting. I'm going to go off of it and then see what happens. So like birth control, you know, like, is this why I'm gaining weight? The only way to find out is to go off and and really pay attention and journal and keep notes. And there's an important distinction I like to make, although I'm reluctant to say this because goddamn Keith Ranieri said it once, you know, that cult leader of Nexium. And I hate, uh, I hate saying anything adjacent to the shit he said, but there is a difference between a cynic and a skeptic. There is, mm-hmm. I'm not cynical about anything. I'm very optimistic, super constructive. The skepticism is just, well, what's the mechanism in this making it work? How can I eliminate the possibility that this is placebo effect? Or, you know, any of those things, because for me, foundationally, I want to use things that are real. Mm. The thought that I'm kind of myth making for myself or telling myself fairy tales or lies is disturbing to me. I'd like the tools I use, the things I recommend have some foundation in reality. It's just discomforting to me. Yes. Also love that you brought up a cold because I so fascinated by them, but that is, we, we digress. So I would love to learn about what you think, how do I put this? Because what's so interesting about this spiritual community is we are so quick to accept, sometimes to a fault, sometimes to a good thing with faith. So I would love to kind of hear your perspective on that line where no matter how spiritual or deep in it you are or how skeptical you are, like where is that line where we should actually begin to see what is, what is cynical and what is being a skeptic and discerning? Well, it's interesting. You know, one of the other things about my skepticism is I try to never approach anything or anyone with a lack of respect. So, you know, like everything gets some respect. It's more curiosity, you know, part Mm -hmm. of the benefit of a Catholic education, by the way, is you're at least me, I was taught in a Socratian method, Socrates, where it teaches you how to think. It teaches you to ask questions and pursue logic and do logic proofs and things like that. So it's always with respect. For me, there's, there's always the matter of if your intuition is screaming at you and you're really uncomfortable, you don't need to know why. Like you don't actually need to explain that to yourself. Your viscera, we have a whole bunch of brain cells right here by our vagus nerve. So when they say, trust your gut, there's a little brain there. And I do listen to that. So the other thing is giving yourself permission to change your mind, to explore, ask questions. If you're being respectful, you know, just like you would treat anybody, by the way, like somebody owns a juice store around the corner and you go, Hey, where do you get your stuff? And you're not like, Oh, is this some non-organic nonsense like you don't have to be hostile but also then if if i start getting uncomfortable or there are little red flags let's say with a group or practitioner i just go i'm out and it's okay um permission to change your mind is a very shamanic thing because to us the experience of the divine is so individual that what i experience in a journey or meditation is not what you will in both are true intrinsically true so we don't get up in each other's space that much Yes. Yes. I love that. And okay. So what was the easiest thing to be skeptical about, but then you were quickly convinced about its magic or it's, you know, how it worked or that it worked. And then what was the hardest thing to be skeptical about? And then maybe it was worth being skeptical about. Yeah. The first one I would say is flower essences. And since I've started making them myself by hand and I have to give credit, my husband helps me. He is a chef. (laughs) So he does help me. It's not an army of one. 
the more I research them, the more I go, oh, this plant material has medicine in it. Like they're ancient peoples, people all over the world, indigenous cultures utilize these things for precisely what I'm getting as a benefit as well. So there's something there. Things like just even terpenes and anti-inflammatories. You know, I have a hemp essence and it's like, yeah, why wouldn't hemp plant be good for you? Right. It's hemp extract. Of course, it's good for you. And then in terms of something I was skeptical about, and I should have been, this is an ongoing one. And it's, it's a uniquely shamanic thing. We're not really group people. And so it's funny. I have clients who are like, hey, did you read Gabby Bernstein's book? And I go, no, I read Kabbalah. <laughs> like I read stuff from like the second century AD. You know, I go to source materials. So I just, that's my way of stating for the record. I know I'm not a group person, but occasionally I'll decide, you know what? I want to expand instead of contract. I like people as individuals and I'll join little groups. And sure enough, you know, that pit in my stomach was there for a reason. They're asking me to send them my clients. They want to pay me for a client list or, you know, like a lead generation thing, like Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross. And I thought we were all just being cool with each other. Also, I'm a shaman. Like I'm never going to commoditize my clients' information. A lot of them come to me for confidentiality and discretion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the coaching space, the woo space is full of a lot of people who I think thought it was going to be an easy way to make money without really working. And, you know, I tell everyone I've never worked hard. I'm working my ass off. I, I should really go back and outsourcing. It was easier. So if you're not working, something's wrong. <laughs> and yeah, there's that whole like train the trainer, multi-level marketing thing yeah. that's permeated the space and I'm not the one. So all, all I would say is guys, just remember, even if someone's generous with you, they invite you to something, you're not obligated to do or give anything. If you don't have an actual like business contract or operating agreement, you can walk away from everything. It's mm -hmm. fine. There's a lot of that out there, especially as the economy starts to go in a particular direction. You'll notice the aggression level go up a little bit. Oh my goodness. And I would love to hear your perspective on this. So what are you seeing too much of right now and not enough of? Well, it's interesting. So a lot of people are coaches, right? And it, I was so averse to that word that I didn't offer any coaching until this past year. And by the way, it went great. All of my coaching clients for the first run of it came to Austin. It wasn't required or a retreat. We all just got together and really got real and shared. Nobody took pictures. None of it was on social media. So it was awesome. But here's what I would say is I've noticed a lot of coaches who want people to listen to them. They want to get a lot of clients. They want to coach, but I'm not really sure what they have to say. So in other words, like, have you built a spiritual practice? Have you published a book? Like, what is your thing that you've done where you have content that's specialized versus like, I'm just a person. I used to be in corporate. Listen to me now. And I firsthand know people that became coaches like to help people leave corporate who themselves were, were on welfare and living with their parents and unable to pay their bills and borrowing money from me. Telling people I have the keys to success and I'll help you navigate the landscape that I can't even navigate. So just because someone asserts something or just because you get a perception on social media, just know that it's not always real. I know that sounds obvious, but sometimes they're quite subtle and persuasive. And just, just ask questions, you know, like, well, what are your success stories? Where are your proof points? What have you achieved? You know, how long have you been in business? And, and get into brass tacks. And if someone doesn't want to answer those questions, there's probably a problem. You know, I, I offer coaching at different structures, like so, even just hourly. Someone wants me on call kind of a thing. You could pay me for that, like a consultant. I'll tell you everything I've done. I'll send you my resume. Look at my LinkedIn. This is where I went to college. I'm happy to share that with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, oh my God. So awesome. Oh. And so I guess this is like a little random, but semi on topic with like really nothing kind of random. permission. <laughs> nothing yeah. random. Love it. Because I was, you know, reading about you and how you want to make sure you are there for the spiritually homeless. And I mm -hmm. think that's really beautiful and really fascinating. And I want to learn more about what that phrase means to you. Well, I was spiritually homeless for a very long time and I sort of made my own home. And that's what shamanism is. It's like you build your own thing for yourself as an individual and you, you have friends, you have collaborators, but you're not all in necessarily the same thing. A hundred percent. That's, that's good. That's human nature. When I was getting into shamanism and I was curious about spirituality, 
you know, you'd go to a Kundalini yoga studio or something and they'd be like, well, you can't eat meat. You can't drink alcohol. This is what we do here. And I'm like, well, this is just another version of the Catholic church. Like it's a bunch of fucking rules, pardon my French. And you know, all this stuff. And also it's hypocritical because I would see the owner of this one place out drinking white wine. I'd be like, wait a minute, you just gave me that lecture. Like, this is the same thing as the priest out on a date you know, in, in the loop. So yeah, I wanted to create a space where people could do as much or as little as they wanted and where I don't get involved even in their belief system. I know that sounds silly because it's a spiritual thing, but you could be an atheist, you could be Jewish, you could be Christian, you could be anything you want to be. And I'll sit down with you and do work with you. And it doesn't matter to me at all. And the other piece of it is I'll never lecture someone about their lifestyle. Now, there are certain things if a client's really having like acute difficulty sleeping. And I say, well, are you still playing video games 12 hours a day? Yes. You know, it's, then that's on me. And I'll, I'll choose to sort of very transparently stop working with them because they're not in a place where they're doing the work and I don't want to keep taking their money. And I'll be really transparent about that. I'm like, listen, we're kind of circling the drain here and you keep paying me and it's unethical. So you, you reach back out when you're ready to maybe do the work a little bit. Mm. I love that. I, that's so awesome. And yeah, I think that's, that's one thing my really good friend and I, Andrea, she's also a shaman and she just finished her insane ayahuasca journey. And we were talking about how, you know, it's so unfortunate how we're seeing so many people either being taken advantage of, or it's like we're on Instagram and coaches and, you know, light workers are like, oh, well, if you can't pay for, my services and that's a blockage or that yeah. like something's wrong red with flag me. red flag like, okay is it food yeah. or is it a money mindset workshop and the manifestation thing too is very <laughs> interesting right because yeah you have to you have to visualize and vision board and all that but you also have to do work and sometimes people have limitations you know i i offer a lot of services at $200 for a reason, which is I always want to be available to people at a reasonable fee. And it's not the cheapest, but it's very far away from the most expensive. And I never want to do things where you have to go to Bali and it's $30,000 and that sunken cost fallacy nonsense. And it's why when my, my coaching clients and I got together here in Austin, nobody paid extra. I mean, they bought their flights and hotel rooms, which was incredible, but also like we fed them, we kept it low maintenance it wasn't over scheduled. We spent all day Saturday, well, microdosing, psilocybin number one with some coffee, but also just getting into a conversation with each other instead of like, let's go. Um, what is that when they go zip lining and all that non and here she's going to teach us sacred cacao, sex, goddess yoga. Like it's overstimulation constantly. And let's just sit down. I'm really analog too. like a tarot reading is a tarot reading. I don't wear an outfit. You'll never catch me in a costume. It just is what it is. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. And honestly, I want to dive into this a little bit more and how people can start doing this because what I'm really learning about more with you is skepticism actually is such a beautiful way to really simplify your life and just to not, because we are so inundated with shit. You know what I mean? And I guess I would love to, again, dive more into that with you on how we can actually see skepticism as really simplifying our spiritual practice in our life and how we can start taking steps to do so. Well, the skepticism, one of the mechanisms of it is your intuition. Mm -hmm. You know, like you walk into a room and you see a bunch of stuff and you get a vibe and you're like, okay, there might be a little bit of bullshit in here. You know what I mean? In the the BS soup, you might be picking up on it. That's, That's part intuition. It's part rational mind. And also, you know, I learned this in corporate. Like if someone can't explain something at the level at which a six year old might understand it, they're not very smart or something's awry. Something's wrong. So these complex things and lots of words and distractions and a sense of urgency, these are all things I recognize from corporate, except frankly, they're done better in corporate. Corporate's more transparent than some of these coaches. They're like, listen, this is what it is. And so with that intuition, it was interesting. You know, I watched The Vow on HBO, which I asked all my coaching clients to watch. It's a game changer. It's about Nexium. 
Mm. And one of the women who was very high up, very powerful in there was one of the first to sort of notice something was awry and she's incredibly intuitive. And she just said, I looked around and everybody just seemed like they were being squished. And that really resonated with me because she's just using her eyes and common sense and going, yeah, I know we're doing all these amazing things and we're ethical and we're changing the world, but I'm in this room and everybody looks miserable. And why, why isn't the data in front of my eyes and in my gut enough? Like that's enough for me. So let's start pulling at that thread. Um, and it's funny too, even with my spirit guides, you know, I got a new guide a few weeks ago and he was saying something about me receiving a certain energy. And I was like, time out. What is this energy? Who are you exactly? What is this? Break it down for me. And he was, this spirit guide was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know you. Like, let's get into this. So the skepticism also applies to you're doing mediumship, you're doing channeling work. What am I talking to? And what are its intentions? And really mining that gap for us and for our clients. Really, if anything even gets close to breaching a boundary, they're not your friend. Human, spirit, animal, otherwise. Mm. Mm, I love that. Oh my gosh. Say it for the people in the back. That is so huge because, yeah, I mean, I won't get too into it because I could just go off about it. But yeah, so there are so many ways to get tangled up with bad people, yeah. bad spirits, bad energies, bad environments. And yeah. I just, I just love this because, you know, it's funny, I joke how with people, I'm very accepting and sometimes to a fault, but then with my food allergies, when I go to a restaurant, I am like, until I hear a for sure answer, I will not be skeptical about what I'm going to put in my mouth because then I'll know if I'll have a reaction or not. Right. And it's like too many people I feel like in this industry are just splayed open and they just throw themselves into some like random psychic shop mm -hmm. or like they just get mixed up with the wrong people. And so it was like more of a comment, but I just, I love this because it's just teaching us just to be safe and just to listen. Yeah. It's kind of like, have you ever seen or read the girl with a dragon tattoo? I mean, you love books, right? I've, I've heard of it. You know, what's funny. My dad loves that series. Ah! <laughs> They're really good. And, and, but yeah. there's a little moment it, it involves a serial killer and whatever. And he makes an observation. He says, you know, all these people that I get a hold of are always more concerned with being offensive or rude than surviving. And I thought, what a great concept to look at, which is kind of like if someone's being aggressive with you or they're breaching your boundaries or spirit is or anything, you're not the one being aggressive. And your priority really should be, as you put it, your safety. So if you're going to screw around, I'm out like real quick and early. And it's funny, I had a client come in for a channeling session. And she had a nature spirit who was quite good natured with her, mm. including, you know, other relatives and stuff, but the nature spirit poked me. Mm. And one of the ground rules for humans and spirits with me is don't poke or pinch me, no, no touching. Right. And I just said, you got to get out. And she goes, Oh no, is he like evil? I go, no, but he's not following the rules. So it's just like with kids or anything else, like the rules are the rules. And by being consistent energetically and behaviorally, you reinforce the boundaries constantly. You know, it's kind of like having a lock on your front door, but you never lock it. Locks only work if you use them every time. Yeah. Wow. No, this is awesome. I I love what you just got into. I'm almost like, I don't even know. You've just like, <laughs> this is just so great. And so I also then want to get into, so we've gotten into like skepticism and mm -hmm. being really discerning, but of course, like you do this really beautiful spiritual work and how that is such a beautiful feed into like logic and analyzing. Yeah. Well, how is it that we could possibly know everything about the nature of our reality? Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at quantum physics and string theory, theory of everything, concepts of alternate dimensions, what four or five D as a dimension might be. I think there's very little we know. And the other thing is I, one of the veins of books I love are by scientists, by biologists, evolutionary biologists. And when they do field work, even late in their career and they go out into nature and they observe an animal, they go, wait a minute, this thing in the textbook is wrong. 
And I just learned all these new things about this species or this particular animal. And I think the same is true for the energetic ecosystem. I think we have, you know, it's funny, every day I learn more and everything I learn makes me feel like I know less. It's this amazing paradox of like, I've never been at a point of such learning consumption and knowing so little ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so interesting that you said that because recently I was talking to my grandma and I was like, it's like the more, you know, faithful I become, like the deeper in my spiritual practice become, it's like the less I know. Yes. And you're so right. And there is, it's, there's such a beautiful surrender, of course, obviously to just allowing things to be, yeah. because I don't know, I just, I really admire how you've created such a balance of being a human being and boots on the ground because that's our purpose. Yes. But then also like, you know, there is something so much higher and bigger than us and we can't understand it in full. Well, and they intersect constantly. And so a lot of people who do what I do, they sort of have that Buddhist up in the monastery thing going on where they leave society. And by the way, I get it. Trust me. The more energetically sensitive you get, the less you want to be in society. It's, it's a real thing. But also there's miraculous spiritual unfolding in the mundane. And this was why I loved building totem while working full-time in corporate because I would use it or I would notice things in the office. And I'm like, this is shamanism. Like the, it, it permeates everything. So there is no separation. There isn't. And also why would I want to read cards or help someone in a way that's not pragmatically useful for their life? Like, what am I doing then with my time? Mm. Absolutely. And wait, I want to get into that. So when you said you'd be in the office and you noticed something, you said that's yeah. shamanism. Would you mind sharing that example? Yes. So I got a weird instinct to go into the office one day and I was very busy. And even though I lived a few blocks from the office in the loop in Chicago, I tended to work from home because a lot of what I did was writing intensive. And I had meetings with people all over the world that started sometimes at 5 a.m. Right. And so I'm like going in the office is disruptive. And it, it, I was just always one of those work from home people. I'm a cancer. It happens. But I was like, I don't know why I go into the office today. And I put a jade crystal in my bag and went into the office. And all of these people. So at the time, it was very kill or be killed around there. And several like service line leaders. It was right before we went public. So people were jockeying for position, kind of like in a, a really aggressive musical chairs. And three of the people who I apparently, I didn't know this at the time, were like gunning for me and wanted to dissolve my role so they could take some piece of that budget for their own service line or their own service or whatever. They were there and we all connected that day in a bizarre way and all ended up at dinner together and had like wonderful conversations and everybody softened. And I think it's because they accessed my humanity with their humanity for a minute. It wasn't an abstract concept. And I left and I got all these phone calls and all these things happened. And this one guy was like, yeah, you know, I don't know what you did at dinner. I'm like, I didn't do anything at dinner. But just that we call that clear cognizance, that lightning bolt of I have to get up. I have to go. I have to do a thing. And I didn't have an attachment to it. I don't want to be in the office, but you just roll with it. And without years of shamanism, I would have shut that down instead of going with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did. So there are, there are really practical uses for these things. Yeah. And so I would love you to help our listeners understand because, you know, it can get so overwhelming as a sensitive feeler, as an empath, mm-hmm. or even as an intuitive light worker, when there's so many pings going on in the world and in your life and in your brain, you're like, what do I listen to? And what is actually like worth listening to? And so I guess what could be some piece of advice for for us, for the listeners to let them know that like, no, trust that. Like you're yeah. not crazy. Well, what helped me specifically is tarot cards. And honestly, building your own intuitive language, finding out what channel your psychic abilities are on, which you kind of covered on social media, which I love. Like, are you clairsentient? Are you clairvoyant? Are you an empath? Are you, you know, and everybody has use of all of these things, but it's like, what are you dominant in and getting to know that? And I, I find that if you pull a tarot card in the morning, right? You pull it, you set it aside, you come home right before or after dinner and you look at it and you read the little booklet. You go, how did this manifest in my day? You're building a muscle 
like of language with your intuition. And then over time you pull that ace of coins, you're going to know, oh my God, a really great opportunity is coming in for me. Mm. Here we go. You know, and for, for instance, every time I get the ace of, of coins or in my deck, it's crystals. And I recently got it in the near future. I get an offer for some kind of a project or work contract or something where there's material development available. And so when I see that now, I, I relax. I go, oh yeah. And I'm getting approached. I don't have to do anything. You know, it has that energy because every time I ever pulled it, that's what manifested that day. Mm-hmm. I think Tarot Carl Young agrees. You know, we saw Jordan Peterson when he came to Texas to speak. He was talking about Jungian psychology, shamanism, tarot. My husband was like, what the hell is going on? Are we, is the matrix broken? Because, you know, he's, he's been on other topics for a while. So it was, it was an unusual sea change. But there's something about tarot cards and their architecture and those archetypes that really communicate with our subconscious mind and our energy body. And you can, over time, just develop this whole new way of being in the world. Mm. Tarot never lets me down. It's so effective and accurate. Mm. Mm, God, that's so awesome. I'm so excited. I I would like to learn more about tarot because I have... I'm sure you know about him because you're a shaman, but I have Dr. Stephen Farmer's Oracle card deck. So like, that's my, that's my dance with cards, but I definitely do need to learn more about, um, about tarot. So I guess just a couple final questions. I literally just brain farted. I'm like, that's, it's the energy of the day. Roll with it. (laughs) No, there's some kind of like dimensional shift or something. The last two days I've been like, wait, what day is it? What's my latitude and longitude? And I'm usually more organized than that internally. So I'm just trying to roll with it. So roll with it. It's fine. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Rolling with it. Dear Lord. So, wow. Like what? I'm so sorry. Literally what? Like, I don't know what's happening. Well, also, I feel like I've asked you some pretty awesome questions and you're just like a perfect interviewer. So I'm like, oh my God, like what else do I ask? Like you've just been so great. Well, can I propose something weird? Yes. And you can say no. So this is a good exercise in consent and boundaries. Do you want me to pull a card for you? Oh my God. Yes, please. Thank you. And by the way, if anyone asks you that and you don't want it, just say no. And if they get pissed about it, that's their problem. Of course. Yeah. There's a thing with with the Reiki community. I'm also Reiki certified where they'll like give you Reiki and it's like, no, 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 no. You didn't ask. You didn't ask me. Big pet peeve of mine. That's a thing that happens a lot. Yeah. No, that's, it's so funny. I was just talking to a really good medium friend I just became friends with and we were like, a huge pet peeve of mine is people like, oh, do you go to a grocery store and you feel someone's grandma? I'm like, well, no, because that's nosy. Like, I'm, it not, is nosy. Going, I'm, I'm not going to pull a Long Island medium. Like, I'm going to the grocery store to get eggs. Like, you know, so. Well, and no one asked you. And I just yeah. think it's it's inappropriate unless I'm asked and the person wants to receive. Yeah. I, I keep it to myself. And also it's why I try and stay busy. I have enough paying clients that want it. They ask. So that's, that's my outlet for that. All right. I'm going to pull you a card. Okay. All right. Oh, this is really good. So you got the three of trees. See how it kind of looks like a hug. Yeah. So it is you getting rewarded for being virtuous. It's good reputation, which is a deeper thing than social reputation. It's like you're, energy body at a soul level the universe is going you've done the hard right thing so we're going to start rewarding you and so when three of trees shows up things are about to simultaneously comfort and hold you and expand it's a card of expansion Mm. new people places things but also virtuous people coming in and it's a really good time to update like your link tree or your linkedin or any of that and if someone asks you to go to lunch or you feel compelled, hey, so-and-so, you want to go get a drink or something, do a lot of that because the network you have, friendship and business, is going to yield more of both. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a good time to trust people. To, like the people coming in for you are quality people that are aligned with your vibration right now. So, for instance, if you were hoping to get more business opportunities or whatever, right, like this is great. And also travel for work, but travel for work where you also make friends and vice versa. Oh my gosh. No, I love that. And that that's so great because honestly, 
it was crazy. So I, you know, I kind of talked about it on social media. So the month of June was so unexpected. I got COVID. Then I had, you know, 10 days. I was like in a wedding marathon. And then I got sick again. And I barely did work, but I got new clients. I have you. I got, I made new friends and I had new opportunities for dog ear. And I was like, literally, what the heck? And it showed yeah. me, well, not only is rest so valuable and the way I have to work is inspired action, rest, inspired action, rest, but also like it's, this is such a beautiful confirmation of, I feel like I am doing everything I can, not only like work-wise, but also like soul-wise. So it's so nice to have that confirmation. Yeah. The other thing I would say about this card is it, it's very old school and our society needs a lesson in this. Building a reputation or like really entrenching a genuine, authentic brand in the marketplace. This is a thing that takes time. You earn it over time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people and a lot of these sort of false coaches kind of a thing, they're like, we'll get a hold of your business and we'll be, you know, 10 days to $10,000. And it's like, yeah, but that's not sustainable, whatever that magic is. And what's more is you build a business from the basement to the attic and you build it slowly and you develop relationships. People get to know you, they're circumspect, but over time, it, it just is a thing that has a solid foundation and that grows organically and in the right way. Mm -hmm. Everybody oh wants God. everything right away. And it's, it's funny. I'm like, I've been doing totem for 10 years. Cause someone will go, well, how do you da da da? I go, Hey man, I've been, I've been behind the scenes working a long time. And I show up every weekend to see clients, you know, like it's a slow burn. Oh my gosh. I love that. Hey man. No. And it's, it's yeah. so, so true because something when, before I got on with you and I was telling you, like, I'm, you know, I saw like a post on Instagram about the news and I'm just like, holy shit. I'm like spirit. What the heck? And they yeah. were telling me, a, a weak system takes seconds to build and seconds to fall. And a strong system takes years to yes. build and will hardly fall. And mm -hmm. that just, you know, is such a confirmation of what you said is like a strong spiritual practice takes so much time, but also like working towards like what actually matters takes a lot of time. So I feel like this is a really beautiful segue into one of our final questions is how can someone build a really sustainable spiritual practice that doesn't have to be super complicated, super yeah. crazy, which is super, super solid. Well, it's funny. I don't really live in a lot of elaborate ritual. Personally, mm -hmm. I'm too busy, you know, and I also am not one of those people that can sustain a, like a regimented diet or, you know, I, I can't live that lifestyle and I am a shaman. So my thing that I personally do and I tend to recommend to clients is it's about over time building a life where every day you feel very connected to reality and the human scale of life. Mm -hmm. So for me, if things are getting so busy that I'm contemplating outsourcing something in my life, like laundry, dog care, food, like to a meal plan, something's out of balance. And it's funny, someone who's a client of mine who's somewhat famous and has really scaled her business, she left me a voicemail. She goes, you did it right. You're a solopreneur. It serves you. What I go, because the minute I, like, I'm faster than an assistant. And also, why did I get into this? It, it's not an exercise in ego. So really, every day I go out in my garden. So whatever that is for you, going for a walk. I always buy fresh flowers when I can manage it, because that feels like something really magic and special that's livable easy to execute. There are subscription services too. You can just get a monthly bouquet of flowers and celebrate that. And I try and like use crystals. So every couple of days I go in my other room where I keep all the crystals. I'm like, who's talking to me? Who wants to work with me? Like super manageable. And it's why I love flower essences, a few drops in water. And it's supporting you in the direction of your spiritual or energetic goals without you needing to be in a constant spiritual psychotherapy about it. I mean, a lot of this work can make you neurotic instead of just living. Yeah. The living is sort of the point of the exercise. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And you're so right about the neurotic part is like, honestly, the, yeah. the most beautiful practices are simply just putting your feet on the ground yeah. and releasing energy to mother earth and 
or just like drinking water and just being meditative about it. So being really I, present, that word meditative, like when I eat a meal, it there's a degree of ritual to it. And it's not elaborate, but I sit down, and I eat a meal. I cook food slowly for myself. I'll light a candle. I have a nice little glass of wine or something. There are flowers on the table. And it reminds me of like, I'm not an animal. You know, I grew up really poor. I grew up in a lot of dysfunction. And the shift from surviving to living is very important to me. And, and one of my little mantras is I'm not going to live like an animal, meaning I'm not going to work 20 hours a day. I'm not, you know, whatever that is that puts you in adrenal fatigue and freaks you out, makes you feel like you're barely hanging on and you're, you're at risk all the time. I can't operate that way anymore. I blew that fuse out. So this is the only way is living. Honestly, no. And you're so right. I was again, like literally voice messaging my friend about it is I'm so shocked at the way I get to work now because I'm like, really? Like, can I really like relax this much? But that's the point though. It's not even like relaxing, but it's like I'm properly functioning and living throughout my day and not getting burnt out. And like my brain's not on fire. Like that's not spirit. Spirit's going to help you work and function like you're supposed to. So this world, the way it's set up, the way corporate America is set up, all of these things, it's not for our benefit as human beings. And I, I joke that I'm a human supremacist. Like I'm here for us. I'm not here for the system. And the very, very, very few at the top of those pyramids who, who happen to benefit parasitically from you know the sacrifice of others. It's not just that you're working. People used to work in normal work day. They used to come home. They weren't being constantly accessed through these devices. It wasn't pervasive. It wasn't like living in a cult. Now it is. And, and that's unacceptable. And it's only going to shift if we all remember a time when we weren't a slave to that that debt bondage system that we're inundated with, you know, run the jewels. They sing songs about this. Their lyrics are very meditative to me. And uh, just the idea of like, you might think in your head, you're crushing it and you're winning, but you're kind of making a bunch of money for somebody else. Oh my God, seriously. And okay. This is like a funny question I just thought about. And I know maybe you kind of, touched on it earlier but what is like the most shaman thing about you and what's like the most human skeptic thing about you so the most human skeptic thing about me is that i i drink scotch on a regular basis (laughs) and so many of my friends and good for them you know they do the thing of like i'm not drinking it lowers my vibration i'm like yeah no that's why i do it thank god it lowers my vibration you know like that that's nice it's nice to not be up in 6d after a day of seeing clients. So yeah, I, I have a nice cocktail, which always surprises people. I eat meat. I had a hand, I had cheeseburger the other day at breakfast with the coaching people. And they were like, oh, you, that's a breakfast cheeseburger. I'm like, yep, this is, I'm in Texas. Do, do as Texans do now. The most shaman thing about me is last night, you know, so two days now I've been taking our starseed flower essence and it's tripping me out. Like it's powerful in a way I wasn't expecting. And so we're sitting on the couch and I grabbed my husband and was like, did you just see that? He goes, see what I go. There was a train station in our dining room and it looked like a hologram and it was luminescent. And I was like, oh my God, why is this happening? And then I go, oh, I've been taking that starseed shit for the last two days. And so I'm always like seeing things or being like, did you see the guy in the backyard? And he's like, no, there's no guy in the backyard. Right. And I'm like, okay. So the seeing shit, hearing stuff, also the bizarre confluence. Like even my husband notices it. The other day he goes, this is the seventh reference to Marcus Aurelius today. Like just randomly from whatever channel. I'm like, I guess I went on Audible and I downloaded Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. So I'm going to read that. So I try and roll with the, what's called the Kundalini, you know, the serendipity and the confluence. But I really do live my life in an asymmetric, weird way. Mm-hmm. where I go oh yeah whatever that thing is I'm gonna go do that now yeah I love that so much that is amazing I'm also so intrigued by okay this is again like not the last question but I'm I'm selfishly curious so mm-hmm. I like what would be a good flower essence to start with because the only I guess yeah. essence I've ever had which oh, I'm like reaching to get it is like my little rose Oh yeah. Rose is great. Is amazing. Like I feel so good, but yeah. So what would be like a great 
flower essence to start with. I'm so fascinated. A really good one that I don't make, I'm going to make a version of it, but it's not ready yet, is Pink Yarrow. And you can get it from Flower Essence Services. It's a great company. Pink Yarrow protects your energy body from other people's energy. Mm-hmm. So it's the one when I've recommended it for people with really aggressive corporate jobs and stuff, usually about two or three weeks in, they'll email me and they're like, oh my God, my toxic, psychotic, narcissistic boss doesn't bother me anymore. Like there's this buffer between me and that nonsense. So Pink Yarrow is incredible. One of the ones that I make that I just recommend for everybody is it's called Orange Glow. It's made out of nasturtium, you know, those beautiful little flowers. And it puts me in my body. And what's more is it makes me happy to be in my body. I have a lot of trouble being embodied. Like I'm in here a lot or I'm out in space or whatever. And I don't particularly like being here and in my body. But for whatever reason, that Orange Glow makes it enticing and makes it pleasant. Mm -hmm. There was a day, I think it was about a week into taking it last year where I was sitting outside and I was like, whoa, I just sat in the backyard for 10 minutes and did nothing and liked it, which is not like me. I'm always in the doing or the list and the brain and the what's next and being efficient. I'm addicted to productivity. Mm. We discovered my husband and I, I finally articulated this the other day. I go, I always want to get to the end of the to-do list, except that life is kind of a to-do list. Like there's no end of it. I don't know what was going on in my brain where I felt like what, you just enter early retirement from doing everything forever. Like, what is that? Racing to a red light in a lot of ways. So Orange Glow really helps me. I think it helps high functioning women that we've all been trained and indoctrinated to just be constantly ahead of the curve, usually for someone else's benefit, a company or something. So getting out of that being like, oh, right, life is for living is a real rebellious act. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So final question is, as you beautifully depart and cross over and you look over at your life and you're like, hell yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, how would you like to leave you know, people, earth, and your mission. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. You touched on something. I am looking forward to the transition, not because I'm suicidal, but I, it just sounds very relaxing and very peaceful. Like going to like a really nice rehab or something where you're just in a nice room and someone wakes you up, you do a little yoga, whatever. In terms of what I'm leaving, this has been a shift that shamanism gave me. I used to have a lot of existential dread. You know, I'm a writer. It's like, I got to produce things. I have to leave a legacy. I don't care anymore. Like life is its own, life is its own artistic expression of the soul. And so now I'm like, everything I'm doing is being recorded. It matters in some way that I don't understand. And I'm just really in the doing of it. And I just, on a daily minute by minute basis, all I want to do is live authentically. Mm. So back to that weeding the garden thing, that's really my main focus is like, no, I told myself I'm not doing any more of that. No, I'm out of scarcity thinking I don't need that behavior around me anymore. And I'm just looking forward to like, I, I really believe that the Aborigines in Australia got it right. That this world, this is dream time. And when you dream, that's reality. Mm. Holy crap. Ugh. This yeah, I used to be really worried about death and, and not existing and all that attachment to ego. And now I'm like, whatever. You know, it's fine. Whatever. No, you're you're <laughs> so right. Honestly, yeah, that could be all the all... microdosing talking too, though. <laughs> oh, I love that because, like, honestly, this is all play. It's like we take yeah. shit way too seriously. It's it's just it's insane. But this has been so incredible. Thank you so much. Thank and you. I'm, yes, I'm so excited to keep connecting with you. I love life. what you're doing with that. Books are healing. Reading a physical book instead of something on screen rewires your brain. It, 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 to me, that's one of the most spiritual things in the world. So thank you. Like you want to talk about legacies. You're, you're doing quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. That makes me so happy. Yeah. I, yeah, all this work is just so amazing to show up to. It's such an honor. So Anyways, thank you so much. Hello, hello, you guys. Thank you so, so much for sitting with us. It really, really means the world to me. You have no idea 
what it means to me to have your listenership, to have your eyes, your ears, your soul, to really just have you participate in this community. And honestly, if you're here listening to this podcast, it is so intentional. Your guides, God, your loved ones are guiding you here for a reason. And I'm just absolutely honored. Check out all of her beautiful services on her website at totemreadings.com for shamanic readings, tarot deck readings, Akashic record readings, psychic medium readings, and flower essence services, and so much more. And definitely make sure to give her a follow on Instagram at totem, R-A-C-H, and snag her tarot deck on Amazon, which is the totem tarot deck. Of course, make sure to give this podcast a follow, a subscribe, wherever you love to listen. And if you leave a review, screenshot it and DM it to me, you will get a free 20 minute reading. I am so excited to meet you and work with you. Of course, stay up to date with me on Instagram at the modern medium underscore and on TikTok at the modern medium underscore. Of course, stay up to date also with my soul circles. These are my free weekly gatherings where we all just sit with spirit, facilitate beautiful focus discussion, invite any messages that need to come through, and I occasionally invite incredible lightworkers and keynote speakers to just help guide really interesting, engaging, expanding conversation. I love you guys so much. I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with Rachel. I'm obsessed with just serving you in this way. And I am so excited to see you next time. Love you guys.